You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, friends, football fans, to another episode of Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your Tuesday hosts. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. I'm here with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. And before we get into it, I want to ask to help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shop, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. And on today's episode of Locked on NFL, we are recapping the ceremonial primetime chargersing as the chargers fall in OT to the Saints and previewing a rare Tuesday tilt between the Titans and Bills. And then Ross and I have our top 10 quarterbacks, at least through this point in the season, so that should be entirely uncontroversial. And finally, we have uh, Kate Majuk of Ball Blast Fantasy and Locked on Dynasty Football to come sticking with the QB theme. Uh, we've, we've got a very QB-heavy episode today, so we're going to talk about the fantasy quarterbacks and disappointments, uh, some uh, some revelations, I guess. This is Locked on NFL. And I guess let's start with the annual tradition of the Chargers getting on primetime football and Chargersing all over the place. Ross, I'm sure you have emotions about this. Yes, <laughs> this I was on uh, night this, game. This week I was quite the beneficiary of said Chargersing. Uh, you know, exactly. The, the Saints going down in this one uh, early and being able to pull back in, uh, going down 17 points, and then being able to get back into this game and come out with a win here. 30 to 27. We'll talk through how it all happened, of course. But, you know, you mentioned the Chargersing. Uh, tell us a little bit about what are some of the, the, the poetic, the poetic nature behind what happens with these Chargers sometimes. So if you are unfamiliar with the Chargers and who can blame you, um, you, <laughs> you have to have every Chargers game has to come down to the wire, right? It has to come down to some weird right. special teams play like a missed field goal. There's got to be some weird punt return that like matters way more than it should. There has to be, in this case, it was Mike Williams down the stretch makes this unbelievable catch to set up the Chargers in field goal range. Um, long field goal range, but field goal range. It seemed like that was going to be the play of the game and Mike Williams was going to be the hero of the game. And in very classic poetic Chargers fashion, this is a hallmark of every Chargers game. Look it up, you'll know. You will see that the final play of the game, the very disappointing thing that always happens to break Chargers fans and rend their hearts in two, has to be that same player. It has to be Mike Williams on fourth down coming up just a little bit short of the line to gain. That's just classic Chargers. And that's exactly what we saw in this game. Yet another single score separation here. Uh, the only win that this Chargers team has was with Tarod Taylor as their starting quarterback to open up the season against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's no shade, though, at Justin Herbert, who became the first NFL rookie to throw for four touchdowns in Monday night football. He helped. He was electric. He was. Oh, incredible. I didn't mean to do Incredible. Incredible. Oh, I see. But I see what you did, though. Bolt up, right? That was a hundred percent accident. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he was outstanding. He was really outstanding in this game. Uh, Two hundred and thirty-nine yards. So not like a huge yardage output, but still four touchdowns, sacked three times. He was hit several times in this game as well. The Saints getting twelve hits in addition to their three sacks in this game, but not enough to really even make this guy 
look like he wasn't a 10-year vet out there, uh, just looking incredible. So the Saints pull off the big comeback here. Some of it sort of spurred by Drew Brees' two-minute drive at the end. The Saints now have three touchdowns in the last minute of the second quarter so far over the course of the season, which leads the NFL. They closed out when they needed to close out and somehow managed to win this game on a closing drive by their defense as opposed to the offense getting the touchdown in overtime. Yeah, and I, I want to soothe Chargers fans a little bit because they've been through this about 100 million times, and I'm sure that hitting the exact same wound over and over again has got to be pretty excruciating. Most important thing, I think, if you're the Chargers, is Justin Herbert looked fantastic, and it was oh, a sustainable man. fantastic. You cannot coach accuracy. Accuracy is right. a thing that you either have or you don't. That portends well for the future, and that might not mean a lot coming off of a really heartbreaking loss for the umpteenth time, but I honestly, I think it's probably more important than any single game result is they got a quarterback. When that team is fully back together and healthy, that's going to be a really, really fantastic future for, for the young quarterback and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and their fans. Yeah, it's it's something to hang their hat on. But hey, let's uh, preview a game. This is a weird thing that we uh, know, don't right? often we get, to get to do here this. on the Tuesday episode. <laughs> well, may, maybe we'll get more. Who knows? Because this That's is a weird true. season. But in case you uh, haven't been following the news because of various COVID-19 related, uh, we'll just say protocols, Uh, the Titans and Bills game was postponed. They pushed it back a little bit to make sure they get extra testing with the Titans and make sure everybody was good and healthy, ready to go. Assuming there aren't any Tuesday morning positives, which as we record this, it's Monday night, so we don't necessarily know. But assuming there aren't any positives on Tuesday morning, that game is going to go off on Tuesday as kind of a pseudo primetime thing. Titans and Bills, this is kind of a playoff. I mean, there there could be a a lot on the line here, especially with the Chiefs taking an L on Sunday. Mm. Uh, there's suddenly the, the whole AFC is in the mix and the Titans at three and O and the bills at, are they four? and They're, they're coming the bills into are at four and O. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- so that this is like a huge, huge AFC tilt that we get to preview. This is kind of fun. This is going to be a great game and we get the Tuesday night game. Fingers crossed here right now. The bills favored minus three and a half. This is technically, this is a, a, a however they are on the road here, but uh, you know, it's a battle of undefeateds in the AFC. And I think two teams that should be, that will be in the playoff conversation toward the end of this season. Josh Allen has looked pretty good so far this year, 105 uh, out of 148, uh, over 1300 yards, 12 touchdowns, only one interception so far this season. And then you look at uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's doing his usual thing, six touchdowns with an interception, but you know, 809 yards being proficient with the ball, being efficient with the ball and running that offense. So this is a, a great game here to watch. I, I'm looking forward to seeing both of these offenses match off with each of these defenses, but there's a key potential loss over on the bill side. Yeah, and I think on both sides, you're going to see cornerbacks outmatched by wide receivers, right? Because the Titans, mm-hmm. you know, they've been missing. They still are missing Christian Fulton, um, as at least as of this right. recording. He's still on the COVID-19 list. Um, you know, they've got guys, Malcolm Butler, and, you know, right. their corners have kind of been a bugaboo over there. And Stefan Diggs is coming to town. Um, and then on the other side, you have uh, Tredavious White, who hasn't practiced all week. Um, and you have to possibly contend with AJ Brown. I think he's still kind of a game time decision. So yeah, that's he's questionable uh, at the moment. Yeah, he's listed as questionable. He hasn't practiced all week, so it doesn't feel very good. But AJ Brown is also questionable. He has practiced a lot. Um, so of course, mm-hmm. all of that's game time stuff. And how that turns out is going to have a huge, huge impact 
it's just uh, going to be a lot harder to contain AJ Brown with a bunch of backups on, on your side. And honestly, the Titans being able to feel the team, like we're all worried about like, can they play? Can they play? They're missing like 10, 11 players on the COVID list. This is going to be a really, really right. tough thing for the Titans to pull together. There's a lot of guys in that depth that are going to have to step up. And I think that's going to be the cool, if the Titans do pull this off and beat one of the best teams in the AFC with a very depleted roster, it'll be one of the coolest stories of the week. Coming up next, though, we're going to dive into our quarterback rankings. Uh, Luke and I put together our top 10. As he mentioned, it's not going to be controversial at all. It's, it, it is down to a complete science that is undisputable, and there's nothing that anybody can say about it. But the biggest thing is going to be whether or not Josh Allen or Ryan Tannehill end up on this list. I want to know if we want, once we come back around to it. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see if either of those quarterbacks ends up, or maybe a couple of the quarterbacks that we hit. saw today. Give you a hint, one but not the other. One but not the other. Find out which one coming up next here on Locked On NFL. Myself, Ross Jackson, and Luke Braun of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we get to that, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. It's getting to be that point in the season where weather is actually happening, unless you're you know, in Los Angeles like we are, where nothing happens ever at all. But uh, you know, if you're in the, the right parts of the country and you're all around and you're dealing with rain, you're dealing with everything, and you need to make sure that your car is ready to brave the elements, rockauto.com is the place to do it. Be able to catch whatever you need at the fraction of a price that you're going to find at the local sort of like brick and mortar stores, things like that. You can order from the comfort of your own home and your living room at your desk in the office, wherever it'll get you taken care of and it'll show up right at your door and you'll save a ton of money doing it. It's a family business over there at Rock Auto. They've been helping other families for over 20 years online. So go and check them out and don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you for writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com. From the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams from across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using stoicism's key idea, you control how you respond and play, you don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. It's about what you do to adapt Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno and Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. All right, welcome back in to Locked on NFL Tuesday edition here with Ross Jackson. I'm Luke Braun, and we've got a top 10 quarterback list. Uh, we argued for about 48 hours straight. Neither of us have slept, so we put a lot of love into this. Yes, yes, so much. We built formulas. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So legit, we actually had to argue a little bit about uh, who to put on the top. We were down we to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. We thought those should be the two that should be up top after what Russell Wilson did on Sunday night football, what Aaron Rodgers has been doing to teams all year. These have to be the, the top two for us, but the, the discussion kind of came down to, well, Aaron Rodgers has not really needed to do a lot of heroics and Russell Wilson has like done more from a, you know, a game winning drive perspective. He's done a lot of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't had to because he's been wiping the floor with people. You know, when you're up by 30 points, you don't necessarily need a game winning drive. And isn't that better? Isn't that preferable? Um, and so we kind of went back and forth on this and, and we ended up going with, with Aaron Rodgers up top, but I think, I don't think mm -hmm. we still agree, right? I wanted Aaron Rodgers. You wanted Russell Wilson. And, yeah. and I think that's probably a better way to say it, but we did end up with Aaron Rodgers on top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You know, the, the argument completely makes sense, right? Like if you're, if your team isn't being put in a situation 
to even have to use those heroics, it means that you're doing a good job, right? There's no argument around that. So I think that Aaron Rodgers being on top, it's kind of a 1A, 1B type situation for me. But even in 1A, 1B for me, Russell Wilson is 1A with Aaron Rodgers being 1B. You know what I mean? Even if we were exactly. to play that game. But yeah, I, I, like I, I'm all about the heroics. I'm all about the fact that Russell Wilson is asked to do so much and to have to, to come through for this team time and time again and always finds a way to do it. It's one of the reasons why I put him up top. The, the production that he has, not only with his arm, but also with his legs, the way that he extends plays. Don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers does all that as well, but some of it is built into the scheme, whereas Russell Wilson is a beautiful and incredible improviser as well, away from when the play breaks down. So that's one of the things that I think is just an added element to what Russell Wilson brings and why I would personally put him on top, but I have no problem with him and Aaron Rodgers kind of sharing the throne here at one and two. Moving on, we have uh, number three. I think somebody that I, I would guess just about every Chiefs fan in the world is going to go, what in the world? Why are you not talking about Patrick Mahomes yet? We got him at three. Calm down. Right. Uh, but it's, it hasn't been the same year as his MVP year in 2018, his Super Bowl MVP year last year. He's still very good. We still got him third in, third in the right. league. But I do think he's been outplayed a little bit by Wilson and, and Rodgers. Yeah, I think, that, I think that the Patrick Mahomes effect that comes with the plays that he makes kind of goes twofold. There are times where he makes plays that get blown up big times more so because he's Patrick Mahomes than anything else. And there are other times where he makes these plays that maybe or would be really, really good plays and would be fantastic plays for any other quarterback, but because he's Patrick Mahomes, they don't blow up as much. So I think you have to kind of share the equal and opposite reaction, the, the relativity that happens when it comes to his playmaking ability, who he is and the reputation that he holds. So next on the list is one that preseason, I would have never thought. But he's been yeah. balling. It's Josh Allen. Josh Allen yeah. now with Stefan Diggs, who is one of the best accuracy or inaccuracy erasers in the league, which is incredible for Josh mm. Allen, who's had huge accuracy struggles. Um, and he is throwing a little bit more accurately. And even if he doesn't, Stefan Diggs can pull in just about as much as anybody else in the league. Um, and mm-hmm. they've got wide receivers there. They, the, the bills just have a nice, uh, nice thing cooking there, but Josh Allen's playing out of his skull and, and here he is in the top five quarterbacks. Yeah, it's kind of wild to think that Josh Allen is completing just over 70% of his passes so far. Like, I never thought I would say that about Josh Allen as he was coming into the NFL out of Wyoming. Next on the list is is uh, Cam Newton, who has really made the coming. He, we haven't seen quite enough of him to really be, like, definitive in this because, of course, he went on the COVID list and he missed some time. But, mm-hmm. uh, and, and now, you know, the Patriots got their bye week and everything. And they're going through the same weirdness the Titans went through. Right. But when he was in, it was electric it's back to the cam newton we saw in his best time in in carolina bill belichick and josh mcdaniels over there they're um and and they're using cam newton to his fullest and it is producing what i guess we're saying is uh you know the fifth best quarterback play in the league yeah i'm really excited about what we've seen from cam newton so far i'm excited for him to get you know to be healthy and get back out on the field and all um, Cam having the opportunity to be put back in an offense where he can do where some of the things overlap that he already was doing in Carolina, throwing to running backs out of the backfield, leaning on tight ends, looking at these short, quick routes and looking for production from the receivers with yards after catch, but also being able to sling it deep and, you know, use his legs and be creative and everything that he does and, and being able to sort of find that really nice marriage right now between what it is that 
that Cam Newton has the ability to do what Josh McDaniels and what Bill Belichick wants to do and how the two of those actually have meshed so far really, really effectively for this team. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to kind of mash the next two together. Mm -hmm. At number six, we have Deshaun Watson, who, I mean, the the Texans have not had a very good season, and Deshaun Watson himself has had plenty of his own struggles. Mm -hmm. But I think we do this based a lot on the fact that the Texans are basically asking him to shoulder the entire load. Um, And after him, in kind of a similar situation, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is kind of the stunner in all of this, um, who has just been playing out of his skull. I mean, this is not what we expect from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe we don't expect it to continue but right now as at this kind of snapshot of the season it's been top 10 qb play and and i mean they just took it to the 49ers coming off of this and i think that needs to be honored yeah absolutely i i'm glad that we did this now while ryan fitzpatrick is in the hot streak as opposed to like in three weeks when he's completely fallen off the right it's a cycle we've seen (laughs) as predictable as the chargers but let's move on to number eight which might be a little controversial but it hasn't been the best year for lamar jackson still top 10 Still top yeah. 10, but but this has not been the MVP Lamar Jackson of last year. There's been a few too many hiccups. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen a little bit of inconsistent play from him, the lack of production so far in the multiple areas that you usually see him excel. I think we, I think it's kind of that same conversation that we had about Patrick Mahomes, where it's like there's a certain expectation that gets built up with his reputation. We haven't seen that just yet this season, but we'll see if it continues to build because we've seen flashes of it throughout. That's There's no denying that. Exactly. Um, and let's move on to the, the last two here, number nine and number 10, respectively, Ben Roethlisberger and Derek Carr. So if you didn't hear your guy get called, we'll get to that in a second. But yep. Ben Roethlisberger is uh, getting the ball out quicker than any quarterback in the league, uh, you know, assuming like a, a qualifying amount of snaps. And Derek Carr is bombing and uh, uh, the most efficient deep passer of any quarterback in the league. And I think those two feats mean you got to be somewhere in the top 10. Roethlisberger might not have the arm he used to have kind of similar to philip rivers similar to Mm -hmm. you know eli manning all those guys um and and Derek carr certainly has not been without his blunders but i just feel like what Derek carr is doing deep with guys like henry ruggs and being able to do stuff with like darren waller and stuff and ben roethlisberger getting the ball out quickly saving you know kind of making his uh receiver's job easier making everything simple making it way easier for the offensive line that elevates the team around you um, and, and that's something that, you know, if you look at a guy like Deshaun Watson, look at a guy like, I mean, I, I was bringing him up because he's my guy, but Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. you know, that makes the off, they hold the ball and that makes the offensive line's job harder and invites more pressure. Ben Roethlisberger does the opposite. Yep. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, everything that you just mentioned about Ben Roethlisberger, I love because you, you talk about him helping to simplify the offense. And now he has these weapons that he can throw to. Chase Claypool had a humongous game on Sunday. Juju Smith-Schuster continues to be reliable when, when uh, Ben Roethlisberger looks his way. They continue to produce. They continue to produce. And he has been outstanding with them so far this season. And Derek Carr, as you mentioned, went from throwing the, few, the least amount of air yards per pass last season amongst qualifying quarterbacks across the NFL to now being one of the best deep ball accurate guys. And we know that Derek Carr is accurate. He's also completing over 70% of his passes, but now he's doing it 20, 30, 40 yards down the field, as well as what he was doing within 10 yards last year. 
and doing it so much more often. That's the kind of thing you have to do to pull off something like upsetting the Chiefs. Mm. But all right, so there's a bunch of snubs, right? There's a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. So I guess I want to get out in front of a bunch of them. For example, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill all fall into kind of the same category for me, which is their zone bootleg quarterbacks, which is a great scheme that asks way less of your quarterback. And that's why, you know, somebody like Deshaun Watson, he is being asked to carry the entire team. Somebody Mm -hmm. like, you know, Jared Goff is the team is carrying him. Um, and that's okay. That's sustainable. Yeah, a hundred percent. And a lot of these guys that maybe we're mentioning right now will probably have worked their way onto the list because we're talking about a lot of veteran names here. We're talking a lot about a lot of guys that are gonna over the course of the season, in terms of longevity, just continue to get more comfortable, continue to settle in, and then you'll start to see them really start to produce where we would expect to see them in order to put them in a top ten list. But this is just a very early look at the landscape we, of, of NFL quarterbacks so far. There's a lot yeah. that can change here. You know. Um, you know you don't have that question about you know you don't have sustainability questions about oh boy russell wilson i super thought you were gonna say built bar (laughs) (laughs) i also don't have any sustainability questions about built bar for being real well as it turns out built bar has a brand new product for you if you are trying to break through a wall like you know you're the chargers trying to break through the wall of winning a game in the final two minutes uh if you're drew Brees trying to break the wall of throwing beyond 20 yards <laughs> Whether it's any kind of mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. It comes in these easy to take 1.5 ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your backpack, whatever. You can put it in your golf bag, take it with you. You can have it after a workout or just to get some nice natural energy in the morning. And it gives you really nice natural energy with things like B3, honey, a kick of caffeine, B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily intake of B6 and B12. And it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter, honey coconut, chocolate, coconut, and your favorite Ross chocolate mint all day. So visit builtco.com and use promo code locked and you get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code locked for 20% off at builtco.com. Let's go. All right, everybody rolling right along here on today's episode of locked on NFL. Remember we're here with you every single Monday through Friday, covering the biggest stories around the NFL for today. We've got myself, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson, Nola on Twitter. And then of course, Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. And we are joined now for our fantasy forum. We do this every Tuesday to wrap up the show. And we are joined once again by our good friend, Kate Majuk, who's coming through at FF Ball Blast, uh, Ball Blast Football, as well as the Locked On Dynasty Football podcast here on the network every Monday through Friday. Kate, how are you? And welcome back. I am doing awesome. Thank you guys for for welcoming me back. Um, we've we've had some rough times. I, I'm I'm excited <laughs> to talk through our pains. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about some disappointments today, right? Like we, yeah. we've had a lot of those. So let's go ahead and jump into, uh, you know, Luke and I just did our top 10 quarterbacks in general for the season and, and learned a lot about ourselves in the process and what we like. But, you know, there might be a little bit more of a, uh, a, a sort of hard and fast criteria that we can use along fantasy football quarterback so let's talk about the surprises first are there any surprising quarterback outputs that you have for us so far when it comes to fantasy football production I think the first one that we have to talk about is uh, Ryan Fitzmagic because Uh. it is it's Fitzmagic season I don't know how long it's going to last but uh, he's been off to a a pretty hot start Uh, I mean we don't need to look at the win-loss record um he's he's coming out guns a blazing right now and i i'm sort of uh i i don't know i'm surprised he's the quarterback six on the season so far and guess what he's still available in most of my league's waivers are you trusting that 
he's going to keep the job for how long? Like that, I think is the interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Right. How long is he going to be able to carry the production? And uh, at what point does that transition from maybe surprise to uh, maybe potential disappointment that we might be talking about in a couple of weeks? You have any other surprises for us? Oh, I think I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. He was a guy who was very, yes. my guy. Uh, I was very guy. tough on yep. the end of the season. I, I was not a believer. I love the Teddy Bridgewater story. I love, you know, the recovery he's made as a person. I love that uh, he's just made this incredible, incredible bounce back. Which again, you know, we're hoping to see the same for Dak Prescott now. Yep. Um, but he's had four consecutive games with over seventy percent completion rate two games over 300 passing yards. Um, you know, it's really just the the touchdown production that hasn't been super high, but um, you know, he's still throwing below his, his, uh, you know, career average for touchdown production um, just at 1.7% of, of passes, uh, sorry, 3.4%. I was going to say that seemed a little low. <laughs> um, <laughs> just thrown at 3.4% of uh, passes uh, turning into touchdowns. And, his average is closer to, to the, the 4.5 range, which is, you know, a, a better rate for quarterbacks. Um, I think we have some, some room for progression here, especially with the way his receivers are playing. Robbie Anderson is lights out, man. He's a real deal. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a fantastic, yeah, fantastic pickup for them. Let's uh, let's stick with the signal callers, but let's go to the other side of the coin. Uh, Tell us about some of the disappointing fantasy quarterbacks, guys that you know maybe we thought we'd get a little bit more out of. Uh, We got to talk about Lamar Jackson. He's fallen out of the top ten. He is currently the quarterback eleven on the season. We drafted him in the top. You know, if, if we're talking redraft. Uh, I know lots of people out there subscribe to the late round quarterback theory, but if you didn't, and if you bought into Lamar Jackson, you took him quite early, uh, sometimes in like the first or second round of redraft leagues, let alone, God forbid, you be in a, a super flex uh, dynasty league where you take him top five. Mm-hmm. You, that if you're in ours. a quarterback like <laughs> yeah. that, you want production. Yeah, I think you're going to you you expect nothing but great things when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I expect that he'll get back on the horse, but it's not unfair at this point to say that he's a bit of a disappointment particularly from the fantasy side. It's like relative to the expectations that he had set yeah. for himself by winning an right. MVP last year, right? Like we have a really really high bar for him especially if you took him high. Um, so the fact that he's not living up to that doesn't necessarily mean he's not still a top 10 quarterback. It's just that we expected to be talking about top 5, top 3, not necessarily top 10 with the way he played last year. Yeah, and I think that that is such a good point to make is that uh, it's not necessarily about, you know, sort of what what they're actually doing on the field sometimes even. It's just where you drafted him in relation to the production he's giving you. Like um, even Deshaun Watson, we drafted him in the top five, sometimes top four, and he's had a disappointing season so far. It's not hard to see why. Um, finally had a bit of a bounce back week, which I I think we all could have expected because, uh, there was a a rally cry with Bill O'Brien out of the building. Um, I I think that, you know, he's a guy that we've been disappointed in so far, but, uh, it's not to say that he's been, uh, absolutely terrible. He hasn't necessarily, uh, crushed all of your hopes and dreams, but he has not been the, the fantasy quarterback that we want. Uh, is is there any other uh, major notes you want to throw out into the ether before we let you go? Yeah, I want to throw out uh, Michael Gallup. So 
Uh, he is a guy that has disappointed so far in this year. I know he closed out mm-hmm. uh, yesterday's outing with two really big plays, but outside of that, he had much of nothing. Um, and he's a guy that my guy uh, Marcus and I on the Locked on Dynasty podcast uh, identified as the primary beneficiary of uh, this this newly dispersed workload. So um, I think we could still be in a position where, where you might want to buy uh, Michael Gallup low out of that disappointment because I think he's got a nice chance to bounce back at the rest of the season. I love it. Some optimism to close yeah, out. Yeah, we got to get we gotta, Put a smile on each other's faces. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Kate, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday episode of Locked On NFL. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nola Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL as well. And of course, one more thank you to Kate Magic for joining us at FF Ball Blast on Twitter. You can check her out as well every Monday through Friday over at the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Make sure you come back tomorrow for Locked On NFL. We got Tony and James coming through to get you what you need in terms of letting you know what's going on with Tuesday Night Football, either recapping it or if anything should change between now and then, getting you all the information you need to know about further postponements should any of that happen in this wild and wacky uh, 2020 NFL season. But the Bills ideally taking on the Titans tomorrow and they will break it all down as well as get you all the information you need with our good friends over at the Draft Network and get you caught up on all the draft news as well as they do every Wednesday. So we appreciate you joining us here on Locked On NFL for this Tuesday edition. Make sure that you follow at Locked On NFL Pods on Twitter as well to keep up with us as we go through every single Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You're a team every day. Thank you very much and we will see you tomorrow.